Off the ball. GAA. Typically, I think people who aren't paying attention, right, see the Croaks results or see them winning or see them continue and go, oh, the Man City of club football. It's just not true. Like, they scrape through often a lot of these games. I understand that you're <laughs> you're trying to yarr it away. I'm not. The biggest club in Ireland they, they, not being favourites who are like... They to blitz teams. That's okay. what I'm saying. There oh, tends to be... Oh. Like, Ashling made the point, right? There was four points in it, really, yeah. at the end of that game yesterday. The goal oh. was kind of a thing that happened. But four points in it. It's not... Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Zemo going on his own! He gets the try! The Red 78. We're both monster people. Whoever gets over the line, try from Monster! Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. Hello ladies and gentlemen, you're very welcome along to the Red 78, a Monster podcast for Monster fans. My name is Rory O'Hagan and we have a lot to discuss, including a very, very disappointing day for Munster in Tumman Park against Bayonne and a chance to get right back on the saddle against Exeter Chiefs this weekend. And who better to talk us through it than Munster legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes. Guys, how are you after the weekend? Good, good Rory. I'm loving the old Grinch jumper. You're looking very snazzy. Well, it is Christmas, like I have to make... Uh, <laughs> You have to make the effort, I suppose, and that's uh, it. Where are your Christmas jumpers? Quinny, where's your Christmas jumper, will he? I have to go and buy one. Last year's one is going to be tight on me. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. That's why this one is the extra large size now to get over my uh, my Santa belly that I put on over the, the last uh, couple of months. But yeah, we certainly have a lot to discuss on the show uh, the, today and uh, plenty to dig our teeth into based on Munster's performance, particularly in the second half against Bayonne. We have gotten a lot of comments in um, about the game, not as negative as I thought they were going to be, and a lot of people just, I suppose, Fiona, um, trying to build in the positives and kind of saying, look, it was just one game. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'll read a couple out there, but I, I suppose it's it's just the one game and with the Exeter game, like you said, coming first and sharp, it might be a different story with the tweets next week, but I, I think, um, and we'll touch on it a little bit later with the injuries and uh, and stuff like that. I think we're going to leave Munster off a little bit with this, but look, Mick Ryan said it's uh, like a brush stroke in a painting. Munster's initial stumble is but one stroke in the canvas of their season. Magical language there, uh, Mick. <laughs> a masterpiece takes time to reveal itself and a setback is just part of the evolving picture. Huge game in Exeter which, uh, this weekend. Um, per Johnson, uh, Limerick Viking, as he likes to call himself, once again, disappointing game management. The decision to go to the corner all the time when it's obvious that they don't have the power to bash their way over is very poor. Who's making the calls? Crowley or the captain? Um, and George Dundon line out is critical issue no respite without a functioning line out can't win matches without it either our, ba- our ball was far too slow from the breakdown for much of the match our pack weren't big enough to put in the arm wrestle with Boyan Exeter will be very very tough um, and just Paddy I think we, we should draw a bit of positive here Paddy said it's good to see the scrum work today out from a shaky start Hooker has to nail every line out or as we saw on Sunday or on Saturday you will lose he also has to carry the ball Tyburn was brilliant um, but there's only one of him Certainly is uh, plenty to sink our teeth into there but uh, Cunny let's just call a spade a spade that wasn't good enough for Munster over the weekend Probably from uh, after 20 minutes I think um, you're always going to get a couple of mistakes and things this you can look back and say you did better. Um, that doesn't mean the first 20 minutes were perfect, but um, they were pretty accurate. Um, good intensity, urgency about, about the way they, they attacked the game. Um, I suppose they identified some space. Found it hard to get to the edges and get line breaks like mm. um, we see them doing. And 
I think when they get to 14-3, you're thinking they're going to kick on here and that's a crucial period. But um, too many mistakes and, uh, you know, lost a bit of that urgency and that control in the game. And they weren't clinical enough. You know, when they got entries into the the Bayon 22, um, I think we'd probably expand on it a little bit more. Bayon were very powerful and strong Mm. and physical. Um, Let's not get a kid ourselves here. They rotated their squad hugely as well. Um, So they didn't come with their strongest possible team on paper that they've been playing in the top 14. Um, But I've said this before, sometimes that can be really tricky in a potential banana skin because you guys trying to get in the team, trying to impress coaches, get new contracts, get moves to other clubs in France. Um, And upset and frustrated maybe that they're not starting every week for their team. But a lot of good players. They had a lot of, um, you know, Argent- a couple of Argentinian internationals. Facundo Bosch is a really good player. Um, some a lot of power. Mikutad's in the second row, big, powerful Georgian. Um, and obviously, what they brought off the bench, that physicality, their tight head prop, Tangi, and um, really strong and powerful. So I think we look, we looked underpowered. We're missing a lot of power, um, and I suppose a lot of teams are missing players and even when we talk about Exeter they have a number of injuries that they didn't play in Toulon and and a couple of guys missing important players for them as well it's part and parcel of the game but when you're when you're kind of thin on the ground as it is squad wise um, you lose two international wingers um, Keith Earls retiring Andrew Conway having to retire through injury Mike Haley um, gone Anton Frisch I got a shoulder knock. Some questions about whether he was fit or not fit. I think he had a shoulder knock. Um, and the problem here with guys with bangs and bruises and stuff, it's very difficult to push them out given what's coming in the next few weeks and the run of matches. So, mm. and then you're missing countless forwards, you know, um, which brings a lot of power. Klein, Snyman, O'Mahony, Kilcoyne, Scannell, Barron, Ollie Yeager. It's the list goes on. Even, uh, Edwin Adogbo, a very young player, but he's big and physical. So you're missing a huge amount of power. I'm not saying every single player would start in the team, but it makes your bench stronger. It, it gives you options to change the game up um, and brings you a lot of experience. So one of the issues was the game management at times, and I think one of our tweeters mentioned that, and a lot of a lot of the tweeters that I look back and read to all the tweets would have said that, but... We've said it last week and the week before, there's issues around the scrum and that bit of physicality and line-out accuracy. You know, the first scrum of the game, three and a half minutes gone, Bayon just shunted Munster straight off the scrum. It lays down a marker. It gives a French team, and in, in my history of playing in the competition, playing against French teams, if they get a bit of dominance at scrum time, it gives them a lift. It makes them believe. Um, so that was that was the first scrum. Um, I think we had a penalty in front of the post seven and a half minutes um, but three nil, three, three nil down but I just think take your points this is cup rugby I know Munster in the last particularly last season went to the corner a lot and, and got returned from it but you know there's a massive emphasis now with all teams and it's very brave it's not just Munster it's lots of teams are deciding to go to the corner and obviously if you get the try it's the right decision but I just think you've got to be a little bit smarter, um, put some points on the board, um, and they didn't. 
Shane McCarthy does score a couple of minutes later, which was which was a great try from him. Um, and you know, twenty minutes in the game, Gavin Coombs scores the second one. You think fourteen three, Munster doing well here. Couple of mistakes, couple of last line out scrum. You know those scrums. But then you have a scrum on the 24th minute where Bayon nearly scored. It was a disallowed try. It went forward. Their prop makes a break up the middle. A couple of offloads. Um, he lost the ball in the contact. They did score in the corner. Mm. Munster get the scrum from that. And I'm not saying it's a guarantee that you're just going to win your own scrum when you get a break like that. But you just potentially um, erase seven points from the opposition. I just, I just think there's a little bit of doggedness, or there's a little bit of nastiness or anger lacking at times, and we looked like, um, in that scrum, quite passive, and they just shunted Munster off the scrum, and it, again, it makes them believe that they're still in this game. Um, so a few crucial decisions there, you know, you get a scrum a couple of minutes later, Gavin Coombs tries to pick out of the back of the scrum. It was a bit, it was more solid, but he knocks it on. So there's a couple of mistakes starting to creep in. There's a couple of lost lineouts. There's a crooked lineout. There's a steal. There's a knock on from Ty Byrne. An under throw from Scott Buckley. And I just think in that period, from probably twenty minutes on, in that first half, Munster just started saying to Bayon, "Yeah, you can come back into it here, and we're going to do things to make them believe." And they're getting those little energy boosters. Um, Thirty-eight minutes penalty. I think it's fourteen-three. Given those scrum issues, a couple of last lineouts, disjointed period of time where Bayon were starting to build a bit of energy and momentum, it's 14 3, I think. Just take your points. It's outside the 22, it's a little bit to the right of the post. Make it 17 3. It's 38 minutes gone. Make the game 17 3. They kicked to the corner, lost them all. Um, and that brings you in then to, you know, half time. And I just think. Obviously, those three points. I just think Munster left six points behind them on the kicking tee there. And um, I, I think we talk a bit about game management, and I just think that was probably a little bit frustrating. Okay, it's easy to look back. Munster will look back at this and analyse, and the scrum coach and the lineups coach and the you know different coaches will be looking at lines of running, accuracy of passing, all that kind of stuff. Urgency, lost the urgency. That, that bit of, you know zip to get there and win breakdowns and, and, and get in shape quicker. So look, it's um you know, you, you I mentioned the I mentioned the injuries and the players missing. Munster don't have the depth that you would love to have. Now not everybody has that. There's very few in Europe, but um, when you're down that number of players, um and we keep talking about learning curves, yes, it is a learning curve for Munster. And these players will will learn for it if they if they analyze it in the right way and just understand those small moments. But I thought that um, that's where the game was lost for me. That twenty minutes after, just mm. before halftime. Yeah, just coming in on that as well. Can I just like point out hundred percent that's early in the game, but something that drove me mad was maybe just I'm old school as well. I'm always like kick for your points. It was around the seventy minute mark. Um, they'd had eight malls and made seven meters. So that's, that's already after happening. They weren't getting change out of them all. And, 
Um, yes, they kick. They got a, a penalty just, I think, about outside the 22, a little off to the to the left, and they decided to go for the line turnover, and eventually Bayon went down and turned. That was a huge moment for me because you were seven points ahead. It was 17-10. That would make it 20 and 10 minutes left for Bayon to come back at you and get two scores, and you'd back your defence with that. So even though, yes, early doors, they'd felt everything out, I just thought it was a, a big moment to not go for the post then. Hindsight's a great thing, Fiona, isn't it? Yeah, for well, sure. obviously, look, you're, yeah. You're, you're a coach. You're, you're, you're out coaching every week and every day. And, um, you know, it's easy. It's, it's, it's probably easier for people watching or even going back saying, yes, we should have done this, this and this. Um, and I don't like there's a, it's somewhere in the middle here because I, I, I love the ambition and the bravery mm-hmm. out of this team. And, and again, last year, you know, they made some great decisions to go to corners, attack teams, and they got tries and return out of it. But I just think when yeah. you're a little bit disjointed and you're missing a lot of experience and power and physicality and the opposition, you haven't shaken them off. I totally agree. Put it over the bar, make it 2010, get out of there with four points. Everyone's talking about bonus point wins and maybe that's part of the problem as well. There's always a danger. I played in these games for, you know, 13, 14, 15 years when you're, when you're in Europe. They're, 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 they're a real kind of, um, intriguing kind of proposition because sometimes you think, Oh God, on paper, this team don't want it. But if you don't really be ruthless and the pressure points and, and take away their momentum and given the number of players that are missing and like, to be fair, does the team is very disjointed and, and, um, lacking a bit of power and that experience, that international quality. At the moment, because there's so many injuries and it's hurting them, you know, you still, I still think Munster should win that game. You know, they should win that game 26-10 or, you know, 24-10 or something like that and get out of there and say, okay, no, no issues. We've got four points. But, um, if we were to go into the second half and look at the accuracy at times when Munster got there into good attacking positions, that's when, you know, there was a real sense that Bayon felt when they brought it back to 17-10 and there was a real sense, it was 14-10 and then they did kick the penalty um, monster to make it 17-10. But I thought that there was a chance there to to, 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 to finish it off, um, to get some, get the tries. And you think, get one more, Calvin Nash nearly scores, then they get sloppy. And if, if, if they score there, you're thinking, bonus point win, let's go for the fourth try. Mm-hmm. But credit to Bayon, in fairness to him, um, they kept believing and kept going and um, and showed great and fight and determination. And you saw the reaction from their fans and their players at the end. This this was this meant a lot to them. So, um, yeah, game management, a uh, bit of leadership, bit of control and accuracy. But the worrying part here is where you talked about the seven meters uh, out of how many miles, um, Fiona? Eight, eight miles. So. It's kind of a theme from the start of the season where there's no return from them all whatsoever. Um, and that's a concern. That's a worry. The scrum then very inconsistent. Now, to be fair to them, they did kind of shore it up mm. and fix it up a bit. But, you know, they're, they're kind of worrying signs and um, they've got to keep working. Look, there's no, um, I, I, I actually genuinely believe that they will react and they will be better. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of players in the squad at the moment and in the team and getting get, getting to play these games who are, you know, maybe need more experience at this top level about doing the simple things really well, being really efficient 
and bringing that real intensity and emotion that you have to, to these games and um, doing it as a cohesive unit. So, um, of course, they're trying. They're trying to play and they're trying to move the ball around. Um, I thought Alex Nankivell at 13, I'm not sure it suits him. He cuts back inside a lot. Mm. He's a lovely footballer. He finds a soft shoulder a lot. Um, that was a, a possibly an issue. And you know, they put a lot of pressure on, on, on Munster and were really physical. So frustrating, disappointing. And yeah. um, But all is not lost because, you know, four teams are going to go out of this group. Um, it just makes the job a little bit harder now. And we saw what Northampton did to Glasgow as well. So it's not uh, um, certainly a foregone conclusion that, that, that Munster would be, you know, getting a result against Northampton on the 20th of January. It's a really difficult run. Um, hopefully they can get some players back this week and, and just keep working on improving. Yeah, certainly so. Um, mall defence, guys, is something that we've been bringing up time and time again mm. on this podcast over the last couple of weeks. Rare its ugly head again this weekend, Fiona, with the concession of that try later on. And that, uh, that against that mall defence, Munster just can't seem to cope when yeah. there's a mall. Yeah, and you know what? Unusually, I actually thought that did worked a lot harder and it this week I saw that the mall... Yeah. Defence was better. Um, I think it was just for Detroit because if you noticed early on, by on they weren't getting much change at um at small time. And to be fair, their their pack are big, and Munster seemed to set it early and hit it, and there was a lot of endeavour in that area. Um, unfortunately, when it came to Detroit, they just by on found a way over, and that will happen in games. So I think small defence. Yes, there was a try, but I definitely saw it was a lot better this week. Yes, what do you think of the cunning that try? Um, yeah, the, in the end, obviously, they, they win, they get set up early. Um, it can happen. Um, I do agree with Fiona. The mall defence was better outfield and, and in other situations throughout the game. Um, they're certainly trying to get stuck in there. There was a little bit more progression, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, I just thought the position on defenders at, on that blind side was very, very poor. Um, I think even if the, when your man breaks off, uh, the Bayon player and they score in the con- I just think we could have easily defended that a bit better and had a couple of players in the line. I think Shane McCarthy was well back behind them all. Probably needs to get into the line there. But when you're going forward, it's hard. It's difficult to defend that. And um, it was an eerie silence. And it was kind of, mm. it, it was a feeling that this was coming. It wasn't, it wasn't as if everyone was in total shock because Bayon at that stage were really believing and you know, they get to get level it up and they get down there a couple of minutes later and you're thinking they're going to win this game. Um, Munster turned the ball over. I think it was Ty Byrne that had a brilliant yeah. turnover. But, you know, you're, 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 you're starting to believe Munster are going to get nothing out of this and Bayonne could win it. Um, so look, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating, I think. And the, the physical dominance probably made a big difference. Um, and they won a lot of those collisions in that second half and and it was a concern and it is a concern going mm. forward but you know there's a bit of power missing from Munster and you've just got to find a way better to be more, more accurate and more clinical and I think mm. if Munster were more clinical even if they conceded a couple of tries they still win the game and you know you don't want one to, to outweigh the other and be really good scoring tries and conceding I think mm. definitely the defence was better and the aggression but I think the attack this week just got a bit disjointed and, and very compressed. And look, Frisch is not playing. He's a really yeah. evasive um, mover in that 13 channel, runs hard lines, but he can also run that outside line as well. And I think Nankiville at 12 is a really good footballer, 
So that may be disjointed things a little bit, but, um, you know, you have um, Shane Daly going over on his ankle during the week as well, you know, on Thursday, I think, and it's not serious, I don't think, but, you know, that kind of, Oli Yeager got a bang and train, and it's it's just, it's not clicking into place for him now. But I love Graham Rountree, and to be fair, I love his honesty, and I've always said this about him. He doesn't come out and sugarcoat it after the match. No. And this isn't about having a rant at all the players here. They're absolutely trying. I just think they need to learn quicker, um, process things, and understand these pressure moments about their accuracy. Well, that is it for part one of the Red 78. To listen to the full episode where we talk about our Star of the Week and we build up to this week's clash with Exeter Chiefs, become an Off The Ball member. Check out offtheball.com forward slash join for all the details. You can become a member on the Off The Ball app, Apple, Spotify or YouTube for 9 99 a month. The Red 78. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot.